and welcome to the Live Point Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. We hope you're inspired by this message. What's up, family? How you guys doing? God bless you. Welcome to Life Point. Let me welcome everybody joining us online, wherever you're at. Drop us a, a little comment in the sections. I was just back there and said, what's up to everybody on there? We love you guys, wherever you're tuning in from. Uh, so thankful that you're, you're part of our, our, our church here, even though it's online. Some of you are watching across the United States and in different, different countries, some of you. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you guys for being in the house today. It's a privilege to be able to bring the word to you guys. Most weeks, um, I always get excited about this because it's the word, right? And if the word doesn't excite you, something's wrong with you. I'll just tell it, tell it like it is, right? You need to get the word inside of you. Um, a lot of, almost everybody in here is looking for affirmation at times. You're looking for correction, discipline, guidance, instruction, hope. You know, all of, the, all of these things are provided for you in Scripture. But you've got to open up the word to get it inside of you or open up your device and get it inside of you. Listen to it, read it, speak it, sing it, however you want to do it. Get the word inside of you, church. And uh, it's a beautiful time to be alive and a beautiful time to be in South Florida, amen, because it's like freezing and snowing all up in the north. And we're down here in South Florida. Come on, we get a hallelujah and a praise Jesus for that, right? My family is all up in Minnesota. And, um, yeah, that's a lot up there. So I said, it's your own fault. You guys <laughs> choose to live there. I lived there once before. That's why I live here. And I'm not going back. Amen. They keep saying, come back, come back and visit us. I said, maybe, 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 maybe in June or July. But probably not. Come down here. It's better. And uh, I want to stop and pause before we go any further today. Today is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. And for some of you who don't even know what that means. And I just want to pause and kind of explain something to you. In 1984, President Ronald Reagan declared this day the third Sunday of January. You know, sometimes it shifts just a little bit. Churches use it because it'll be closer to the actual date of when the Supreme Court legalized abortion. Um, But we we have designated this day as, as Sanctity of Life Sunday. So we stop and we commemorate human life across the board, right? But it started with, with understanding that this human life that God gives us, these little babies, right, as challenging as they can be is sometimes in the middle of the night when they're crying and it seems like it's on purpose and they know you got a busy day tomorrow and they just like, I'm going to get you all night long. And uh, it's challenging out there a gift from God. And if you don't know where we stand on issue like abortion, we are, we are against abortion. We are absolutely pro-life. We stand for life. And I say all of that, and I also want to say I do recognize that life is challenging, and there are some situations in life that become very complex for people. And just because life gets complex and it gets hard and situations come at people sometimes doesn't mean that life isn't precious, okay? So we understand that, and so we want to understand that how beautiful this is that God gives us these child, even in the middle of, of, of a horrible situation. Things happen in life. People are bad sometimes, and sometimes that children are conceived, and I, I, I hate the, the fact that those terrible things happen, but I, but I love the fact that God gives us children. He gives us, and again, we're not only talking about babies. We're talking about human life across the board, across the board. Life is valuable, and our world has, has increasingly dropped the value of life. The more people we have on earth, it seems like the lower the value of life goes. You know what I mean? And I lived in a country with 1.5 billion people for years, and I saw that they didn't really care if people died. 
I didn't really care. And I thought, my goodness, how is, and, and, and life here in America is precious, and we need to keep it that way. And so one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to pray today that, one, God will forgive us, right, and that he will forgive us for not standing up for human life across the board in all circumstances, and that, two, that he will heal us, right, that he will heal our hearts, that he will heal our nation, that he will heal our world, and that he will, he will help us our perspective change on life, help us to see that all life is valuable and it's important at any stage. Amen? Would you just bow your heads with me today? Father, we thank you for your presence in this room. God, we are humbled right, that you have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. You chose us. You, you put the seed inside of us. You're the one that put inside of us that we need a Savior. And so, God, I just ask that you would touch us even deeper today in our heart, Lord. Lord, I ask for forgiveness for the times that I haven't stood up. I haven't stood strong enough. I haven't had a, a loud enough voice against the murder of unborn children. I'm sorry for that, Lord. And I'm sorry for it. And I haven't stood up for other valuable lives across, across time in, in my life. And, Lord, we're sorry as a country. And we're asking that you would help us, that you would heal us, that you would forgive us, and that you would touch us. And I know there's some big decisions coming down the pipe, Lord. And I, I just pray that you'll get the glory in this thing. God, this is, life is for you and from you, and through you, and to you, all are, those are all the things that we have, Lord. And so I just pray a, a blessing over these little children. I pray a blessing over young, single moms who maybe feel like they can't, they can't get it done, that you will provide a way for them, that you will provide wisdom and organizations that will help them, and people would come alongside of them, Lord. And I just pray a blessing of protection over these children. They don't get to choose. They don't get to choose, Lord. But we do. So help us to stand up for righteousness' sake and to be holy. That's what you've called us to do. Lord, we love you, and uh, we ask that you would heal our hearts again. And we put it all in your hands, and we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining with us on that. We are week two of From Now On. Now, I don't know how many of you, anybody write some From Now On statements? I know a couple of you did because I saw it on social media. I asked you, I gave you a little bit of homework to say some really kind of From Now On moments or statements in your life. From now on, I'm going to do this. And from now on, I'm going to do this. And I told you last week that it was less about resolutions. I'm not a big resolution guy, but I am a progress guy. And I want to see you make progress. I want progress in my life. I want progress in my family. I want progress in our church. And, and I actually want it for you guys. So sometimes I'm driving down the road and your face, yes, your face will pop into my mind and I say, God, help them. Give them clarity. Give them vision. Give them hope. Give them strength. Give them life. Let them understand their calling and how important they are and that you have a plan and a purpose and a future and a hope for their life. And let them not just hear that, but let them receive it and get it deep inside of them so that they'll begin to walk different. Because when you understand all of that about yourself, you start acting differently. If you walk into a room and everybody starts making fun of you, it might be okay for a second. But if they keep making fun of you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect you. You're probably going to get angry, right? You're going to get hurt because sticks and stones may break my bones and words do hurt me. Right? That lie that says they can't hurt me is not true. They absolutely hurt. But if we tell you different things about yourself, positive things, things that are true, biblical things about you, that will also change your attitude. There was a study done in a village years and years and years ago. It was a village where 
someone did something wrong, instead of, uh, they didn't have any jail facilities, but instead of punishing them like we would punish somebody in society, what they would do is they would bring the person where, let's say he stole something out of somebody else's hut, what they would do is they would actually put him down in the middle of the whole village, and everybody in the village would begin to tell them good things about them. Imagine if, if that, now I do believe in discipline, I do believe in correction, but imagine if we had that kind of life-giving statements, and more important than just nice things about people, again, we want to tell biblical things about people. This is what God says about you. In fact, later on this year, we're going to do a whole series on that, the things God says about you. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, if you can turn there if you will, we, we looked at the first half last week, and he's, he's, he's given us some challenges in this. This is a challenging text because it's a real call to maturity. The term grow up is, is not just for kids, right? In fact, it's actually for people who we tell that to people who are not acting their age, right? Would you grow up already? Would you start acting your age now, in the spiritual sense, if that happens, if you've been in the church for 25 years, act like you've been in the church for 25 years. Are you doing the same old thing over and over and over again? Now, we do understand that this is not a works-based salvation. And Paul's writing to a church that he loves here very much. You can find the origins of the church in Acts chapter 16. He loves this church, but he's trying to get them on the path, moving them from just like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just hammer this thing down, and I'm going to get it all into understanding that God is working inside of me. I still have to do what I have to do, but he's always going to do what he has to do. And so how does this happen? See, one of the problems with the modern church or the church of today, or at least the past time I'm going to pick on the church, I don't often do that, and it's not across the board, um, is that there can be, and not always, a mix-up of our faith. And the mix-up is this, is that we put a ton of importance on a prayer of salvation in a moment, but not any emphasis on what happens after that prayer. So the prayer is important. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that, and you shall be saved, that he, he raised from the dead, that he gave you life, that he went to the cross, that he did all these things, and he did it for you. If you receive that, you will have life. But something has to happen after that prayer. And you've heard me say many times, you can have the greatest altar moment of your life. You can come down there, and the Holy Spirit can fall on you, and you can fall on your face and just feel like everything's amazing, amazing day, and walk back out there and walk right back into the same sins that you came, came in with. Why? Because we're creatures of habit. And so something has to change. It isn't just a prayer. It is a prayer, but it's not just a prayer. It's a path of discipleship. Something has to be changed because if you don't, if you don't change something, you've got the same old sins, the same old problems. Well, guess you're going to get the same results. Play stupid games, get stupid prizes, right? This is what happens in our life over and over again. And it is not logical to repeat the same behaviors and expect some different outcome. I don't think that's the definition of insanity, by the way. People say that. <laughs> insanity has a different result, but people love to say that about that. Whatever it is in the past, whatever it is that keeps tripping you up, today is the day to deal with that. Better yet, today is the day to let the Holy Spirit deal with that in your life. Today is that day, church, as we begin to set that. I told you last week, we need to do better at surrendering our lives, surrendering moments, surrendering our whole heart, whole strength, whole soul, everything inside of us. We need to get better at listening. We need to get better at following through. All of this is important. The last two verses we read last week to get us back on track, Paul said, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. 
and I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, and experience the resurrection from the dead. The resurrection from the dead. To come alive. We just sang it. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Now, everybody here is breathing. You have a pulse. You have air in your lungs. You're continuing to go. Some of you will do that a long time, and some of you won't, are not as long. You've already lived your life a very long time. But I want to experience a spiritual rebirth, a coming alive in the name of Jesus. And the title of today's message is Lean In. Lean in. Push. Pursue. Press. Finish strong. Paul loves to talk about racing. There were no cars back in the day, right? So I, I, I have to think that he thought a lot about the Greek games, right? These, these, these people who are running and throwing and doing these things. And he talked about racing. And if you've ever watched the Olympics or anything like this, what you see in all foot races is that at the end of the race, what do they do? They lean forward. They lean forward, just a little bit of an extra edge. Lean in, and I feel like our race, right, the time that God has given us is coming to an end. I can, it feels like we can see the end there. It's coming, and so I'm asking everybody, I'm asking myself, and I'm pursuing it myself, that I would lean into this thing, that I would have just a little bit more going for him. If God is speaking, I want to lean in. If you're talking to me from way back there and I can't hear you or way back there, I'm going to lean in and say, what did you say? And there's an intensity and a focus that has to happen in this. And so Paul is helping us to understand that we've got to, we're done playing games and we've got to get on the path of maturity. And I don't care how old you are, I don't care how long you've been doing this, we have got to become more mature because none of us have it figured out like Paul in verse 12. Let's pick up. He says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. This is Paul. Paul is a giant of the faith. I mean the Apostle Paul. He wrote so much of the New Testament. When it suffered for the Lord, did all of these wonderful things. And he's saying, hey, man, I, I'm not perfect. I don't, I don't have it. I don't, I'm not even trying to say to you guys that I have achieved this thing or I have arrived. But what, I, what he is trying to say is that I'm apprehended by God's love. God's love is wrapped. It's wrapping around me. It's surrounding me. I can't get away from it. As much as you want to and try to and run, God's love is chasing you. He wants to bring you in for you to experience that because it is the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. And if he could just get his goodness into your mind and into your heart and into your soul and into your body, you're going to change some things about yourself. Now Paul is saying this. I'm not saying I got it figured out. I'm not saying that I've got it figured out. What I'm saying is that I'm pressing. Press. I'm leaning into this thing. For a lot of people, their leaning is all messed up. They're not only not leaning in, they're leaning back. They're leaning back. If I threw something at you right now, you would all dodge. Well, listen, the world is throwing a lot of stuff at us. And when it throws at you, it puts you on your heels. The enemy is striking constantly. COVID, economy, gas prices, family, marriages, this, that, bang, bang, bang. And if you're not careful, you're always going to be like this. 
always like, oh, reactive. We need to go on proactive. When you talk about prayer, I don't want reactive prayer. I want proactive prayer. When you wake up in the morning, seek God in the morning. Don't wait till you have a problem in the middle of the day to talk to him. Start saying, no, God, this is your day. Today is the day that you have made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. What, remember last week? Whatever happens, whatever happens, I'm going to rejoice when you make that declaration and that resolve at the beginning of the day and at your life and in the middle of the day again and at the end of the day, you make that kind of resolve, then that's how you're going to live. And people start noticing and say, what, what is it about you? It's, man, I'm pressing. I'm pressing on, but, I, but I'm after something. Paul's after something. I'm not, I'm not running this race to run in circles. No, I'm, I'm after something. I press on to Possess. Possess what? He's got the, the perfection. This is, this, is a, this is a deep portion of Scripture. And we've, I've told you many, many times about sanctification, right? Consecration. You're sanctified from this for this. That means God, God took you from this and, and put you over here for this. From this for this. God has a different purpose for you. You had a different purpose for yourself early on before you met Jesus, right? Some of you have a very colorful past. But thank God he took you from that colorful past and he put you on a new path. And you don't have to live that way anymore. Can I get a hallelujah from somebody who's been saved? Well, Paul's saying, I don't have this. I'm pressing on to possess the perfection and a full sanctification. One day when he takes me home, I'm going to receive that, and it's going to be amazing. But until then, there are still mountains to climb. There are still hands to be raised. There's still a voice that needs to sing the praises of God. Until he takes me home one day, that's on me. He did his work. And he's doing his work. Are we doing ours? Because in the spiritual growth department, you and I are the lids on our own growth. That's it. And you can blame it on somebody else. I would really be growing in the Lord if it wasn't for my wife. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. I'm in the lid on my growth, in my organization, in this thing right here. And so Paul's trying to get them to understand, and there's this, this prevalent uh, push in the Philippian society that, that would say, hey, you know, and, and they weren't mature people. They acted like they were, but they weren't mature. Verse 13 says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. Again, I'm not there. I'm not done. God's not done with me, right? I'm, I'm better than I was, but I'm not who I'm, I'm going to be, thanks to him. I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Man, some of you are just absolutely chained to the past. You're absolutely chained. And listen, I know some of you have an amazing testimony, praise God, but if we're not careful, we actually give glory to the past. Right? And so, man, back in the day, I used, man, I was the woman chasing, fast car driving, long cigar smoking. Yeah, just, I don't want to hear that. I'm glad that God saved you from that. Praise God from that. But that's not who you are. It's done. It's in the past, right? And if you're always talking about that, it's hard to look forward, right? And let me tell you something. Looking backwards is dangerous when you're trying to move forward. It's very dangerous. 
right? You see people, you've seen the videos on YouTube, people walking and looking backwards and hit a pole or fall into, fall into fountains and things like that. That's what happens. But spiritually, it's the same thing. Forget about what's back there. That's, that stuff's holding you back. Focus, forget, and look forward. Focus. I wanna, we're going to drive into this in just a minute, this focus part to forget, to look forward, to press, to pursue, to dive in, to lean in, all of this. 14 says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive, right, or possess the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling. God's, God's there. He's here, and he's there. He's the only one that can be omnipresent. At the, he's the only one, omnipresent. Uh, omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing. He is all. He's all-sufficient. He can take care of himself. But he's, he's here and he's there saying, come here, come here, come here, come here. And Paul's pressing on to that. He knows that about him. And, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, remember in, in verse 5, 6, 7, Paul had said, I've done this. I've got the list. I was circumcised, which was important to these people. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrew. I've kept the law more than anybody. If anybody can brag, I'm going to brag. But that's not what, what he was going to to brag about. He was going to make his boast in the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10 says, so whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. But I'm pressing. I'm pressing. I, I want to get it right. And I want to get it right. Fear I, sh- I should just do it out of love, right? But fear is a great motivator. You know what I mean? Some of you would drive 180 miles an hour if there weren't cops. But you don't want to pay that ticket and go to jail because you're motivated by the fear, right? It's a great motivator. It's a great motivator in life. But Paul, what's happening is here is he's, he's narrowing, he's, he's helping us to understand as he narrows his focus on where he's going. Some of you don't have a clue where you're going. Nothing's, nothing's changed. It's the same old stuff that we talked about earlier. You don't know where you're going. I'm going to like, hey, get there. I like to, in my own life, I'm just telling you, I like to have a goal and I begin to work backwards. How am I going to get there? How am I going to get there? I know I want to get here, right? So we put on the GPS, da 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 and it tells you, okay, now you got to go here, 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 here to get there. We've got to do those things, but he begins, he begins to narrow his focus, and what we see is a very, very intense concentration. And Paul's narrowing, not just for himself, but for the church of Philippi and Corinth and all of these places, Ephesus, and here today, it's narrowing our focus on what we are supposed to be doing, and that we would narrow our focus on the prize to possess the high calling that God has for us. It's something beautiful. Paul finished his race eventually. You're going to finish your race eventually, but you're not done now. You're still alive. You're still here in this room together, so you've got to have an intensity about this. I'm naturally intense. I'm an intense guy. Most of my messages go intense. My wife's always like, so you need to smile more. And I'm like, I have the joy of the Lord. Don't worry about it. But this is intense. It's, it's the word of God, and it's important that we would understand it. And so I bring it with, with a little bit of intensity. He wrote later on at the very, very end of his race, in 2 Timothy 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, he said, I fought the good fight. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. It's a good feeling. And I have remained faithful. Wow. What an incredible, incredible thing to be able to say. I've remained faithful. Because you're going to get to heaven one day and there's going to be two things that we talk about here often. One is going to say, 
well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of thy master. Or, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. And the excuses won't work. We see that in Matthew chapter 7. But Paul says, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I have remained faithful, and now the prize awaits me. I told you, he's after something. Over and over, he's after, what are you after? If you're after the prizes of the things of this earth, you're going to get them. You're probably going to get them. And I've seen the bumper stickers, he who has the most toys wins. No, he doesn't. He who has the most toys has the most bills. That's what that is. That's what that equates to. Spends the most money on the most toys. That's what happens. But, but he's usually saying that, like, I, there's a prize that awaits me. Listen to this. The crown of righteousness. The crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Verse 15. Let all who are spiritually mature Agree on these things. If you disagree, at some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. I, I keep meeting people who want to argue. More and more people want to argue against Christianity now. I'm just like, man, you, you're entitled to be wrong. You know, that's what I just say. But I'm praying that God will make it plain to you. I really, really like, I, I pray for people. I walk away from them. I'm like, God, right in the middle, like 3.30 in the night, just get them. Just show up in their room. Just write it on the wall. Just get them. You know what I mean? Get a megaphone and blast them out of that. Get them, God, because I believe that he will. He, he's doing that. But, but here, we, here we are. We're seeing these things. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. I think most of us are in agreement today. If you're not, I'm praying for you right now that by the end of this place, by the end of this service, that you're going to agree. But God has said this, that God is, is going to make it plain to you. But God is lifting. You, gotta forget, you can't forget this, that God is lifting us up. Ephesians says this. Ephesians says that when God was raised from the dead, he raised Christ Jesus from the dead, and he pulled him up to the right hand of the Father where he's making intercession for you. But not just him. It says that he has raised us up in Christ Jesus where? King James says into the heavenly places. That's beautiful. So he's pulled you up here, and yet some of you are living down here. Why in the world would we do that? That makes zero sense that God would pull you up Put you in the light, put your feet on solid ground, and you know, I want to play in the quicksand. It makes zero, zero sense. So many people are living far below their exalted position that God has given them. God has given you this position and Aaron Christ, and we're acting like we're, we're just lost and wandering around in the darkness. And so Paul is pleading, he's, he's pleading with the Philippian church, and I believe with us today, and he's saying, hey, I haven't got it all figured out, but hey, there's a, there's a, there's a plan, and there's a place, and there's a prize, and that is the, the righteous prize, full righteousness. One day God's going to take you home, he's going to welcome you in, and you're not going to have to fight the fight. You're not going to have to flee from temptation anymore. You're not going to have to just cut off the people who are just keep dragging you down. But you have to now. You have to now. One day, you're just going to receive the righteousness. You're going to walk in and you're going you're to be complete and perfect. Now, I'm not talking about having a six-pack, right? I'm talking about not having to fight this thing. It's a fight. It's a fight that we're in. Verse 16, but we must hold on to the progress that we've already made. And God pulled you up, and you let yourself fall. It's almost where I've made my feet like hinds feet. The, the deer, they run on the mountains, and they don't slip. I, I've watched those videos, and I'm just like, wow. 
how they just scamper across the side of a mountain. I'm talking about a cliff. How, how are they doing that? God, make my feet like that spiritually where I'm climbing the mountain and I don't slip. I just keep climbing up. I don't lose any progress that you've given me in my life. But we've got to set something out. Listen to this. Don't live down to the standards of this world. Go read Romans chapter 12 this week. Listen to this. Stop living down and start living up. Can we get anybody that wants to be living up in this room today that's tired of just doing the same thing down here when God said, I want you to live up here? You've won. You've won with Christ, so stop losing. Stop losing. Verse 17, dear brothers and sisters, pattern your life after mine and learn from those who follow our example. Again, I... I Guys, I don't have it all figured out, but follow me as I follow Christ. Verse 18, for I have told you often before, and I will say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many who conduct shows, but they're really enemies of the cross of Christ. That's a pretty heavy verse, church. My question is this, and I, and I typed this out the other day. Who is this? Is that anybody in this room? I, I, I pray not. Is this a show? That is this a show? Is this? Oh, it's come on church. Get on your good church mask. This is why we want you guys in connect groups. You sit down in connect groups. You get past the high fives in the lobby. Hey, everything's good. What you, what happens is if you're not careful, you have one person who's broken meeting another person that's broken, and we look each other on Sunday and go, Oh yeah, praise God, everything is good. When everything's not good. It's good at all. We just, and then we just keep staying in our brokenness, in our, in our cyclical behavior, in the rut that the enemy wants you. It just keeps on happening. It's ridiculous. And if we're not careful, we're going to become enemies of the cross doing the same thing that hangs us up all the time. That's not what God has for you. When I look at that, I don't, I don't see it as a symbol of death. Some of you do. I see it as a symbol of life. I see it as a symbol of life. As you notice, he's not there anymore. He's not there anymore because he conquered that, and he wants you to conquer it as well. Verse 19, they're headed for destruction. Would you stand with me real quick as we finish? Hang tight. We're not done yet. They're headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. Again, I already told you, if you want to think about this life, if you want to play the games of this life, you're going to win the prizes of this world. There's nothing. I don't care about the prizes of this world. I don't care. I'm not going to say there hasn't been times when I care about it, or maybe there will be another time that I, because I'm training my mind, right? Listen to this. We are citizens of heaven. We're citizens of heaven. You could take this world. Take this world. Give me Jesus. (laughs) Take it. And the, the older I get, the more convinced I am of this, right? He who began a good work is faithful to complete it to the end of the Christ Jesus return, right? He's faithful. He's got this. He's got the thing. It's happening. He's working on you. But you've got to, you've got to submit to the process. You've got to let him work out. You've got to understand a few things. He will take. He's going to take this. On this day, one day he's going to do this. Verse 21, he will take our weak and mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. Using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. That's the the sin stuff. 
Devil, you can no longer hurt them. You can no longer come at them. They are here, complete, totally taken care of. I love that. It's a promise. That's the prize. I want to possess it. (laughs) I want to possess it. But we're here now. We're here. We're here in this room and we're here in this time, 2022, middle of January. And the goal is to not to walk in this room on Sundays and to look like you've got it all together. The goal is not to look good, but to be like him. To be like him. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. That's all I ask. It's to be like him. Is that all you ask? We sang it when I was a kid in church. We sang it for hours. It's got to be our real prayer. If you're not careful, you're going to become easily satisfied with the stuff of this world. Right? The process isn't always easy, and life isn't always easy. We, we, we know that. At a funeral for a friend of ours this week from the church, we buried their 23-year-old daughter. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Here's what I know about God is it's his work. And his work on us is a lifetime process. And it's not complete until he takes us home one day. And then we receive our ultimate prize. But also that he will never stop working on us until that day of completion. And that he uses everything that happens to us. Good, bad, top, bottom, mountain, valley, everything. He uses everything if we will let him to make us more like Jesus. He is not done with you. He will not forget you. So from now on, I'm pressing in. From now on, I'm leaning in because God is speaking. So when he's speaking, I need to get my ear closer than it's ever been because I don't want to miss a word that he's saying. I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss a promise. I don't want to miss a hint. I don't want to miss a direction. I don't want to miss a comfort that he has for me. But you got to lean in, church. And this is a lean-in type of moment today. So whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through, forget about that and look forward to what he has for you. Listen, the altar's open. I just want to open it up. I don't need you to bow your heads. If you need anything from the Lord, I'm going to invite you to come forward. Don't miss out on the opportunity, but don't take too long. Come on. Anybody need anything? Come on up. Come on up. Don't miss this. Come on up. Come on. Quickly. While they're coming forward, just know. So we get that we got this like mental thing that we're like, oh, I'm the only one with issues, and like everybody in here has issues. Everybody. Your issue might not be the same issue that I have, but you got issues. Welcome to the club. The Bible tells us that very clearly. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us had turned to his own way. All that levels the playing field. Romans 1. Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, go there and look at levels the playing field on sin. We've all messed up. We all need Jesus. This is a lean-in type of day, church. This isn't the only place that you can lean in. I'm just going to challenge you right now. Just lean in a little closer and listen. Listen to what God is saying. He's speaking. Would you bow your heads with me in this place? Father, thank you for your presence in this room. Father, thank you for what you have done. 
done a tremendous work in our lives, Lord. Called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. You have put our feet on solid ground, Lord. You have, you have pulled us up into the heavenly places. Your word says that, God. We believe that. And so we're tired of low living. We're tired of living below the standard that you have set for us and that you have called us to. And so, God, we just receive what you have for us today. And it's not condemnation. And it's not separation. It's just a welcome into your presence. You are welcoming, welcoming us in right now. He's welcoming you into his presence right now. He's saying, look at me. Listen to me. Open your ears. I'm speaking to you. Some of you for some of you, God's going to speak to you. Forget the past. That's not who you are. You are not that person. You're not that guy. You're not that girl anymore. You are who God says you are. You are a child of God. You are an heir. You have an inheritance with him. You can go and get ready to receive the prize. Thank you for tuning into today's podcast. If you want more information about LifePoint or want to get in contact with us, please visit us at www.lpc.is. We hope you have an awesome week. Grace and peace.